0: I'm Anna Parker. And I'm Miriam Chancellor. Welcome to Big Mistake, the podcast that unpacks the failures and mistakes of top professionals. So to make us, and hopefully you, feel better about the
1: mistakes we all make in our careers and lives, we'll be talking with high performers to understand the behind the scenes and less glamorous moments of the business world.
0: So we're on to our third episode. And... I think it's time to confess, the first two episodes, we had a really easy run because they were friends. Yes. And, yeah. this, and, it, and this one... This one... Is not part of our intimate circle, let's say. No. And, and I had never met him before. No,
1: and he's someone that's obviously so revered. And well-known by... And well-known. So before we introduce Michael Hill in this episode, I have a situation scenario for you Anna Mm -hmm. and I was thinking of the scenario last week when I found myself in said situation and I thought what would Anna do so for context Daniel and I go to a lot of classical music performances at the town hall we love classical music uh, so anytime there is a concert there whether it's a concerto or an orchestral piece or a passion we we tend to go However, the tickets are quite expensive more often than not. So, what we. What have, sort of money are we talking about? Uh, let's say probably at least $100 each. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going on a regular basis, which we tend to, that adds up. Okay, how often are you going? Uh, last week we went twice, but we might not go for a month, a couple of months. Okay. So, we'll go, we'll go You know, at least a dozen times a year. Last week we we had great tickets, but I was looking down at this, this group and there was a whole lot of people at the front, but then there were about four rows that were completely unfilled and another big cr- group of people towards the back. Clearly no one is sitting there. Why wouldn't those people just move up a couple of... There's no one checking the tickets of where you're exactly being seated. So why wouldn't those people shimmy up further and sit in the empty seats? So my question for you is... Would you do that?
0: Always. Absolutely. I definitely want the most comfortable seats, the best position, the best experience. Because if I'm giving up my time to do anything, then I want to have the most bang for my buck. 100%.
1: Yes, but so the, the counter to that is... But if I'm in a
0: group, uh, yeah, I could probably leave the group. And I would say, look, why don't we move forward and take so up those
1: spaces? Exactly. But the counter to this, of course, is that you paid for a ticket that is technically not...
0: Most people would be very affronted to be told off, let's say, if they move seats. So you're you're in your seat, you move forward and then the attendant spots you and then says you need to move back. Those people are going to be very uh, embarrassed, affronted, whatever the word is. I'm not, Yes. because I'm just going to think, oh, well, I tried. Yeah,
1: neither, exactly.
0: And it doesn't bother me. But It would bother a lot of people. Yes, I think it's the risk have, of that happening. Correct. But then
1: you think those attendants are only people. They don't, I don't think there's any, I mean, I'd be interested to know what the rules are, because I haven't seen anyone enforce that, to be fair. I don't see anyone actually doing this technique. Um, but there has been occasion where we have, you know, we're talking about this.
0: And I mean, we're talking about a classical concert. Yeah, not not a rave. Yeah, this is so this is. So the standard of security guard is going to be very different. Yes.
1: So, you know, this is a largely elderly (laughs) audience.
0: I also think you're playing in very low risk areas. I'm now going to change the scenario, make it a bit more high risk. Okay. So you've bought a premium seat on an airline on a flight. Yep. And then you're just going to go jump into business and see if you get moved. No,
1: there's no way you can get away with that. Surely. Surely. Nah, there's no way. Cuz the attendants are so that the attendants are so attuned to who is in these But you just
0: said that you wouldn't feel uh embarrassed or affronted to be moved from a concert seat, but would you from a business class seat?
1: Well, no, cuz I know I'd get. It's like it's a risk, right? You know there's a risk of getting caught, so to yeah. speak. That's 99% likely to happen in that situation. So I just wouldn't bother cuz I will be told to be put back in my seat but the risk of being told to move in a classical concert setting is really low so I'm happy to take that risk
0: so I've if I think about all the times i spent in Ibiza or at concerts in England or in private bars and pubs there was always a VIP area and I normally could get into that VIP area and what was your technique? Uh, either I would just it would be me and one other friend and we would just walk in as if we'd just been out so we're just walking back as if yeah, we yeah. you know we yeah, yeah, knew what yeah. we were doing knew everything what was there so just walking back in like oh hi again hi again <laughs> yeah. I saw you because I just walked out and went to the loo or went wherever and now hi I'm coming again. back that's
1: so good yeah. hi again okay so so that worked but, so you yeah. can get in okay. yeah. yeah I have it I, yeah. I have a recent example similar uh, a group of friends went out for dinner and we were trying to find a bar to go to post-dinner. This would have been, uh, you know, summertime, would have been about after 10.30, maybe 11. And there was a big line to get into this bar, people waiting to get in, security guard ushering people in. I I literally just did the same thing, but I walked through the line. Yeah. It's not even a separate line. I walked through lines, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, um, and just walked right in and... Everything was going great, and then the security guard was like, "Get to the back of the line." Oh wow! Yeah, so I was too. I didn't oh, get in. Oh right. No, and I was confident. I was charming. I was smiling, and it was a little bit of walk of shame afterwards because you have to then go walk past the people. Here's, anoth- here's another
0: strategy for you. I mean, I think it's easier when you're single to do it, and so neither of us have that benefit. But we could uh, try our luck, which was to find uh a man at the beginning of the queue and just say oh hi hi chris <laughs> thanks for saving my spot that's so kind of you yeah yeah sorry i took so long to get here and when you're really loud and you announce it hopefully
1: he'll just go along with it yeah you just give him a little like, yeah yeah smile and nod yeah. and wink and hopefully that yeah yeah that's hilarious
0: yeah okay i so- feel like you'd have more luck in england with that, than re- New, uh, New Zealand. I
1: would have thought Kiwis would just be like, oh, yeah, go on, fine. Drink.
0: Yeah, probably. But I also think sometimes they're not as quick on the blag, as we'd call it in yeah. England. Quick on the blag. The blag, the blag. You're like, you're no. trying to blag something. I have
1: no idea what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Do, right? uh,
0: it's, it's not a con. Yeah. It's just a... You know, you're trying to be cheeky. Uh, so you just say, oh, I'm trying to blag a free ticket or I'm uh, trying to blag my way to the, the start of the queue. I'm uh, trying to blag a bit of seats. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Honestly, stories like this of yours uh, that makes me just want to rip you from New Zealand and put you straight in Ibiza <laughs> for a season.
1: Oh, man. That would be memorable. <laughs> that would be memorable.
0: What other news have you got and relates to Michael oh. Hill?
1: Oh, yes. I have my first golf lesson this Whee! week. Yeah.
0: It was really,
1: really fun. It did help that it was a stunning day and I went along and uh, Shannon is my golf coach and she uh, brought a few clubs along and I learned the different clubs and we basically focused on my grip, my stance and my swing and We, I hit from the driving range, is it what we call yep. it? The driving range. Off the tee. Yeah, it was good and I realized it's actually something for where I'm at at the moment, which is beginner 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 you can actually practice just your swing with not being at the driving range because that's where the practice needs to happen at the stage is in the mechanics of my body and we had a
0: conversation a couple of days ago where you said i don't i was asked by the instructor what my end goal was and now i've i've actually thought of your end goal oh what is the end goal to play around with michael hill at the hills
1: (gasps) Well, actually, in the Your episode, face is amazing. that would be so. I much wish fun. we
0: were being videoed right now
1: that, would, that was a great face. Thank you. Yes, well, that was genuine enthusiasm because actually, in the episode, he was speaking about the fact that he made a verbal agreement yeah, that we so, could yeah. go down. So, yeah. surely this is just being consistent and being true to his word and yeah. integrity and all that. So, we might have to have that conversation when the time comes. Uh, so, yes, on the. So, episode, do you feel motivated now? I feel very motivated. Although, to be fair. This is going to sound very cute, but to be able to play a round of golf with you, Anna, is all that really matters in my (laughs) mind. It's cute. (laughs) (laughs) So episode three of Big Mistake, we have had the privilege of interviewing the incredibly talented, ambitious, successful, interesting character that is Sir Michael Hill, who grew up in Whangarei. Uh, got into the jewellery business when he was uh, 33. He's an entrepreneur at heart. He's also a musician, so we talk about his experience with the violin and uh, having to to decide whether he was going to pursue that professionally or not, which is probably something a lot
0: of people can relate to when it comes to hobbies, deciding what's a hobby and what's a career. He's also a cartoonist. And that was my favourite moment. One of them from the interview was how he came alive when we talked about his super fan and how um, excited she was about everything he did in the cartoon world. And he just completely came alive. Everything changed about that, actually. It was so extraordinary to see someone that has had all of these successes but still loves what they're doing right now and gets very excited when someone else is really enthusiastic about what they're doing.
1: Yes, that was a very that was a very heartwarming moment. It was like the the inner boy came out there for a moment of being told that he'd done a great job and someone really admired what he was doing. But he is admired across all of New Zealand, and there was a time there back in the, uh, in the earlier days when he was doing a lot of television commercials, where and I think he says this in the episode that he was. As recognisable as a prime minister, if he was walking down the street, and it, he said it was hard to go anywhere. Uh, but we picked him up from his hotel. We brought him to our uh, Big Mistake studio. Uh, he got a ride in the Suzuki Swift Sport, and it was just a delightful conversation. And I'd encourage the, the those listening to it. It gets it gets better. It mm. gets better and better and better mm. throughout the episode. Definitely. As I think we find our groove in the conversation. So we hope you enjoy it. We certainly did. Uh, and Michael, if you're listening, we look forward to the invitation for dinner and golf at The Hills in Queenstown. Bring on. I thought we'd start, Michael, with uh, actually an extract. I found an extract from your one of your okay. previous books, from Toughen Up. And this comes from a guy... Tony Lum who I gather was or is your communications and training manager this was obviously written a wee while back and I just thought I'd read a little extract and you'll quickly realise why I've included it for this episode or rather for this podcast more generally and from there we'll segue into your big mistake which you've been somewhat briefed on so in this Tony says it's funny how fate intervenes my first foray into management was not as smooth as I thought it would be. In eight months, I was completely out of my depth and was sitting across from the general manager, wondering if I was still going to be employed after this meeting. That was the first moment I truly realised that as a company, Michael Hill did keep their promises and were actually committed to training and nurturing talent. Mike Parcel, who I gather was his general manager, offered me a lifeline, go and retrain and try again. What he probably didn't know was that he had just taught me one of the very best lessons of my working life to date. It is okay to make mistakes, no matter how large, provided that you ask for help and learn from the mistakes that you have made. So, Michael, to get us started with no mucking around, please do share with us your big mistake.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think if you go through life and don't make mistakes, uh, you're never going to get anywhere, anyhow. So, I mean, uh, because you're playing life too safe, I um, have a sort of a bit of a rule that if you haven't made any mistake in a year, then you better sharpen up a bit and make a few. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's not a, a matter of trying to yeah. make mistakes, but I mean, if you're pushing the boundaries of everything, you will make mistakes. But the big thing is when you make a mistake is it can have a profound impression on you and also on your future. Um, I actually find when you do make a mistake that you learn much more. It's the most valuable lesson that you ever learn.
1: And does a particular example come to mind? Maybe if we we provide Uh, a few more constraints in terms of the time of life. So what about Hmm. starting out...
2: Yes. Well, there was because, a big, a big okay. well, a big mistake I had, and it's possibly a mistake that most people make: is that they're frightened to do things, um, scared to make a mistake to such a degree that they don't make mistakes, mm-hmm. and they really never achieve anything mm-hmm. great. So, I was in the family business um, in, in Wongare, um working for my uncle, and. Um, it was an interesting experience um i mean i was there for 23 years because i never thought that i had what it took was not capable it's crazy isn't it mm. to actually run my own store and i nearly broke away i nearly opened a shop after 18 years um, in taupo uh, but my uncle who ran the joint was um, quite persuasive gave me more salary and um put me back to sleep again, basically <laughs> that, that's it. Um, so um yeah, so ideally, I should have probably have moved a few years early, okay. but in saying that, it's an interesting thing, but today, young people that seem to want everything a little quicker than they used to be in those days um, they They need instant gratification rather than waiting. And you would say that 23 years as an apprenticeship is absurd, and possibly it was. But I tell you what, when I started, there was nothing I didn't know about what I was doing. It really was as simple as that. And a lot of young people we find um, that are very bright, um, well-educated with degrees, join us, but they become impatient and generally leave. They're not willing to put the hard works in on the things of life, but I was brought up really to focus solely on selling and making a sale. That there's just two avenues in sales that one has to, be, has to be wary of really, is that it's all very well um, making a sale, yeah. but making a sale against all odds and losing a customer is a dreadful situation. Mm. So it, it, must, it must be done to satisfy the customer's mm. complete needs mm. without disturbing or any pressure or appear no pressure, even mm. though there is subtle pressure put on, which is unnoticed, um, is the, the way for a proper sale. And that ends up, of course, with that customer becoming a friend and a customer, and the family and the relatives for life. You will find today that most people in a sales job that are not doing well are talking far too much. Uh, I can always remember going to Keith Matheson, and I, Keith Matheson used to be so great in, in, in Auckland, for, and I used to buy clothes, Christine used to buy clothes there. We all bought clothes. It was amazing. I remember going in there once, and there was a jacket that Christine was trying on, and when she tried it on, she came out of the changing room. I said to myself, oh my God, I've never seen it look worse than that (laughs) dragon. And the salesperson, oh you look absolutely beautiful you should buy that. I mean they'd lost it completely. Of course. So in other words, if they had to just shut up and waited for the reaction and then made by um, comments like, well I can see the reaction, you didn't care for that, what is it you don't like? So Mm -hmm. trying to find out what it was so you could find something Mm -hmm. else. But and even the, the real specialist stores, you know, like the, the Tiffany's and the Prada's and Gucci and all those brands there don't actually sell because the product sells itself. Self, yeah. So people go in there, they're, they're so keen to buy, they buy it anyhow.
0: So, and apart from not yeah. over-talking, is there any other process or recommendations you would give to people about the art of selling?
2: We find um, for, for a shop, Say eight people in it eight eight sales associates in it that the best way is that they all act as a team um solo sellers don't do that well it's a funny thing you see we, we used to have a bonus system and you got rewarded on mm. the percentage sales so these people would be so keen to get what they thought was the right customer and approach that one and push somebody basically mm. where and devour that sale completely and if they lost it they lost it but we've changed that arrangement now so that everyone shares so that the team are working as a team and the team should act as a team and they should all be helping the sales person to deliver the sale um second sales are quite big in business so you, you you sell the engagement ring but what about the wedding band so we need to show ah. at least show the wedding bands and then the the team will probably be rummaging around getting what they feel goes with the ring which has mm-hmm. gone on and, and presenting those and then there's the eternity ring of mm-hmm. course and then what's your birthstone so we show you the birthstone yeah. and then there's the bridesmaid so what are we going to get for the bridesmaid <laughs> and what's the best man going to get and and what are you going to give her yourself? That you can't say what's he going to give you. All these things. So a, a process that could just be making one sale could mm-hmm. be into literally could be yeah. could be putting aside or having you know m- multiple sales yeah. from one thing, and those, the customers thrilled with all this. Yeah. That's right.
1: It's so interesting. You know, you're talking about the impatience of the perhaps the younger generation coming through. And I think there's such such truth in that. And I think anyone can relate to the fact, regardless of the industry, that, yes, you go to university and you might learn the theory, so to speak. Mm. But you don't really start learning until you actually start in the job. And there is such power in just learning by doing, as opposed to to in the books. I was having this conversation with a colleague, or a friend of mine who runs an events management company. And she's like yourself was saying that all these kids come out of university with events management degrees and they they think they know the industry, but actually they're so green and it's not until they start learning and working in a team and learning the trade secrets and the company culture that actually can make them, uh, you know, actually causes them to flourish in the industry. Another thought that came to mind when you were speaking about the uh, impatience was, Mm. you have built such a strong Mm. brand Mm. that, to to an extent, Mm. people go into Michael Hill and they know that they're going to get a a good quality product. Mm. Do you think there is this tendency to, if say for entrepreneurs Mm. and founders, to want to accelerate the brand? Awareness process. Uh, why I say that is because I think you're a testament to the fact that brands take time to develop, and just mm. you know, looking into your journey and how you've become so established, that doesn't happen overnight, does it? No.
2: Well, it doesn't happen as well as that. Does. Um our business has been going for uh, some time, because it started in 1979, so um, it's probably. Um, it's got to a got to a stage where it sort of should vanish, mm. and it's interesting. I mean, like you look at some of these restaurants. I mean, I'm staying in a hotel here, and when one of these restaurants has been there for oh, it must be nearly maybe eighteen years or twenty, and it's looking really tired. Mm. And it it can be sort of an evolution where things come to an end. So at some stage, it needs in our case is needed a complete reinventing ourselves wow. totally reinventing ourselves um i mean we were driven to start by um uh, well when i started was um, windows that were very very simple the average jewelry shop was chock full of trays and cooker clocks and god knows what and uh, and we um i put in the very simple windows based on what mary quant at the time was doing in yeah. london And uh, they had a profound effect. Um, So the windows uh, were like that and then specialising in in stock inside rather than selling too many products. Um, And then um, we were the first to probably come into doing discount. And discount was really cool for a long, long while and we built our reputation from that. But in the end... Everyone followed, and then discounting became a ridiculous thing. So, um, we have had to move away from that to have our become credible because mm. people would never, because we discounted, it, thought the product was not well made that yeah. it was, which is always very frustrating. So, we've moved away from that now to a, a totally different branding exercise and um, getting respect and appreciation of what we do and caring I don't know if you've seen the latest advert there's a black and white it's gone for about three minutes I'll show you before Uh, it's it's called the jeweler Um, it's really good but it's it's sort of a new creative and this is all caused because we had to well our previous uh, general manager was, was great you mentioned his name but um, he he was the what we did, and we needed to change. Mm. So we got one of the heads from Burberry of London, um, wow. and uh, he's been there for he was there for seventeen years in London and. Uh, uh, that's taught us an, an awful lot about branding, which we thought we knew about. So it, it's, it's, it's a wonderful journey. If yeah. you could
0: do something differently. So I know you said that you stayed with your yeah. uncle a bit too long, let's say.
2: Yes, well, yes, exactly. So really, I probably could have jumped ship a bit earlier. Mm. I, I think I could have done it five years earlier, probably, yeah. it would have been all right.
0: Because he was trying to keep you there with salary. He was trying to and keep you there. And when you left, how did he react?
2: And um, I, well, the only, the only reason, to be honest maybe I would still be there now this is the interesting thing um I got married and we Christina was an art teacher and we work and build ourselves up by buying a home and doing it up and making it look nice and selling that. and I bought some two flats next door to those and did those up and rented those out and it gave us sufficient money. Christine was earning more than I was, actually, as an art teacher's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And now we pulled the money together and we bought a property um, on the Wongarei Heads Road. And then um, I'd been um, putting um, the, the, the the boards inside the house were were Tawa, na- native tower, And I was just, we were all, I had linseed oil and turpentine. Um, and we went to the pictures and um, I'm, I think... I put the, the brush in a plastic bin and we went to the pictures and came out and uh, there was a message to say our house was on fire and mm. it was, I uh, lost everything, absolutely everything, but it woke me up. So that was mm-hmm. the day that changed my life forever. Oh. when the house burnt down, <laughs> it's crazy. It, for the first time, I'm starting to set goals. I mean, i would read all yeah. the books. i read Earl Nightingale, Dennis Waitley, you name it. i would read all the books. i would read all to do it, but I couldn't do it. It's yeah. making the first move yeah, yeah, is yeah. the most difficult thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, you have to change or jump from what you're doing to something you know you shouldn't do, but you're scared to do it, you've got to do it. Yeah. And that, that was that, so that was the big mistake, was not daring to do it. I was scared stiff. But the moment the house fired, it shook me up so much, because we lost damn well everything, um, that it, it, it shook me up so much that I wrote down on a, on, a, on a visiting card, which I had in my pocket, I'm going to own my uncle's shop and, or I'm going to open up and have seven shops in seven years. It was all inside wow. me, wow. but nothing would bring it out.
1: Isn't it interesting that it takes a, uh, tra- a trauma- tragedy, yeah, yeah, tragedy traumatising, so it does make you think... I mean, is there a way of short-circuiting that so you didn't have to go through that to realise? But maybe yeah. the answer is no. Maybe that's
2: human nature. Well, the strange part about it is that if there's, you know, we've, if people that seem to have a something go wrong seem to get much more motivated. than people mm-hmm. that have everything going pretty well and it never is enough because you've got to put the hard work in. You really do. You've got to get up early. You've got to put the work in. You've got to have a dream. See, I always had the dream but I couldn't carry it out mm. I had the dream and I could visualize it and once once we got our first shop design and it was just went off like crazy I mean my uncle had um, had been there for 50 they'd been that shop had been there for 50 years and it was a big shop it had it was the third biggest turnover in New Zealand which is pretty cool for one it and um, but when I moved from there within 18 months I was taking more than that business uh, which yeah. was so excited because I knew exactly what to do I was artistic i would do really different adverts when i was at my peak there in the in the late 80s i had i had as much recognition of everyone except the prime minister. That was crazy. Wow. It really was.
0: So the house burns down. Yes. You say to your wife, "I'm going to leave my yes. uncle's store." Correct. I have this vision. I'm yes. now going to execute it. Yeah, yeah. What does your she wife knew, say? She knew,
2: well, she knew that I'd always said, but was you know it, it was one of the things that's never going to happen. But we know we. So yeah, well that was just it. It was just I mean absolutely no doubt about it. I was doing it, and the silly part about it. Once I got cracking at it, I had no fear. I had no fear. All this fear was was in my mind. There was nothing to fear at all.
1: You know what? This quote comes to mind, uh, which is one from a great book called "The Magic of Thinking Big," Mm. and he says, "No one is born with confidence. Mm. People who radiate confidence have conquered fear and worry. Mm. They have done so through action, as action cures fear." Hesitation only increases fear, so take action promptly and be decisive. That's exactly what you're describing, isn't it?
2: So what I did is, um, I mean, we'd, we'd um, the um, art of uh, transcendental meditation, mm. and um, it was... Um, For those that don't know
1: about it, do you want to explain briefly what how transcendental meditation... Yes, okay, all right.
2: Well, what, a, what, a, what a, And I still practice it. It's quite simple. All you do is you... Um, um, in the morning, um, you should do it two times a day. I do it in the morning, twenty minutes. You sit up in bed, and you repeat a mantra um, or a two-syllable word that is given to you. you. You have a coach that teaches it, and it's it's, it's on your body type, or you know, um, some people are slow moving, um, some are medium i never sit down. No, I believe so. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so they give you, they give you this word, and anyhow, and what you do is you just, you, you just um, relax yourself completely, and then just start saying this word. And and I gather,
1: period, sorry to interrupt. I gather, please. am I correct in thinking that yeah. you're, you're not meant to articulate this word out loud? There's a correct, there's a, correct. A no, you don't sacred, say it yeah. out
2: yes, and try and keep it to yourself. It sort of takes away all this a lot of the self-talk mm. because we're all every one of us has a little voice that's continually talking to us. It becomes quite tiring. Mm. And you listen to the dash thing. It's crazy. Mm. We listen to this voice telling us what we should do, what we shouldn't do. No, you shouldn't do that. Be careful crossing the road. Be there. That's right, that car, but be careful. It's telling you, it's talking to you all the while. So the best way to shut it up. <laughs> <laughs> And it needs to shut up is to do meditation, wow. and if you do it um, for some time, occasionally you will you will actually um, transcend, as they call it, uh, where all your thoughts completely go away, and it's an absolute, a dead still, absolutely nothing, wow. and it's the most incredible feeling. Wow. It really is amazing, yeah. um, and you can be in that you know, suddenly that they. The, the 20 minutes could be 40 minutes you don't even know you're there and, it, and then when you come out whatever your main thought is becomes like it's in the end it becomes vivid and clear so I would just crazy, that sounds stupid I'd rush into the toilet, sit on the seat and do 4 minutes meditation come out, it's all clear, all gone away wow. I can then concentrate and do whatever I've got to do yeah. so I think it's a wonderful um, a wonderful thing to um, to do to have a to give one a balance in life because we talked we're talking about all sorts of things but if you haven't got a lot of balance um, nothing really works so you can be completely focused on your goal uh, which you should be um, but you do have to be able to have time to hear the cicada, cicada yeah I thing, know and look out and see a lovely tree or you know you're walking you see a rose you smell it. Mm. you know nature 's amazing mm. we we need to still be part of it mm. we can 't just be blindly doing that and then you you 've got to you know you 've got a family so everything is sort of all I so agree
0: with that. I have a three and a half year old, and she wants to smell every flower. And we will—we actually it. will smell every single flower. And I'll often say, someone will say, "How on earth did your walk take you two and a half hours?" And I'll say, "It's because we were genuinely smelling every single flower along the way. We'd sit, look at it, watch how the bees fly yeah. in and out of it, and it is just such magic to do I that. that."
2: I love it. I love it. Well, children, um, in my opinion, uh, are also at art—the uh, the best artists. And then, of course, they, they, they become, then they become, they, they shouldn't be doing things like they're doing with a great big face with tiny legs and <laughs> thing. And that they lose all that simplicity, mm. and then the paintings become stiff, uh, and then it takes a long while to break that habit. Uh, to go back to that childhood, because the things we do in childhood, are just can be the most beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you're toying with writing a children's book, aren't you? Well, I,
2: I I have had ideas. I've got yeah. lots of ideas. I'm doing a book on quotes at the moment.
1: Fantastic! Mm. What's your? It'll ha- be a little one. It'll, it'll be
2: about so big. What size that is, a little coffee table, where it'll yeah. be quite few, about 100, to 150 quotes, and each page will have a cartoon because I do cartoons. You do. And then it'll have a, a, a motivational quote that goes with it. The other thing is, I've got to mention this before I forget that you need to surround yourself with winners. It's mm. no good being with losers. I mean, well, it's no good. Well, it it, 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 it pulls you down. You mm. really need people who are, are motivated, enthusiastic, mm. and it is very contagious. Mm. I mean, I know if in our store, if we have one person that's a negative out of that mm. group of people, no matter how you try, mm. it's going to pull the rest oh, down. So and agree. there's there's something in there's more than what we see out there. There's a sort of vibration or something mm. that you can you can sense when things are good, mm. and you can certainly sense them when it's not. And you, you, you must have realised yourselves when you, 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 you meet somebody and you just can't, nothing seems to gel. Mm. All, the time. And all, the time, <laughs> all the time. All right. and the time. Michael, we should be very flattered <laughs> that
1: Anna's letting us be with her today. Uh, because it's very it,
2: picky. There, a, a lot of people are um, unapproachable. Unapproachable um, in everything, actually. Mm. So therefore, um, you, you can't go through the guard mm. it's interesting
0: mm. and then when you find that person I call it that magnetism or that attraction yes. it's it, the rest of it just flows and it is just magic to be around them mm. and it's such a joy mm. that
1: must be hard for you though because mm. I would imagine being mm. who you are with the reputation that you have mm. y- there must be this need at times to distance yourself you know you were saying I, before that you yeah. were up yeah. there with the PM in terms of popularity you were Mr. Mm. Michael Not Hill Jeweller so how have, you, how have you mm. managed that from a personal standpoint for mm. creating those boundaries? I mean, we feel yeah. firstly very chuffed that you were here at all, yeah, but, <laughs> but how yeah. do you manage that?
2: Well, I think you just have to, you have to find your own way of doing it. But as I say, um, I think meditation helps me a bit. And then the other thing is, I think, which it took me a long, long, long while to realize, was always trying to be somebody else. And you can only really be yourself. Well, so mm-hmm. why aren't you just doing your things yourself rather than by trying to be... Because you might have a peer or something, I've got to be like this, or I've got to speak like this, or I've got to walk like this, or I've got to look like this, or I've got to act like this person. And, and you, 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 you can go through your whole life um, being somebody else. And what's that going to do for you? Mm. Absolutely nothing.
1: You'll just be a second rate version of someone else, right? That's right. Mm. So you might as
2: well be a hundred percent version of <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because you're unique and everything else and so you may as well make the most of it.
1: Yeah, so who fair. you were you say you said that mm. this took you a long time to f- yeah. to figure out who were you trying to be or what what persona were you trying to establish? I think
2: I was just trying not to be myself more than anything else. I mean, I, I felt I was too small, so I tried weightlifting and God knows what, and it all gave me was piles. I didn't get much bigger. <laughs> uh, and, um, but, you know, and um, I was bullied a lot at school, which yeah. carried on for quite a while. It, it sort of affected me for quite a few yeah. years, so that sort of gave me a bit of a. Um, I don't know a different slant on things I suppose or well, a boy um,
1: from Whangarei that plays the violin well, you well that's always... crazy that's why yeah. playing
2: the violin in Whangarei was certainly not not uh, really uh, it was I mean it was a great rough and tumble school and that was great so I was sort of cast aside because mm-hmm. the only two subjects I was really good at was art and um and, and music so it was quite mm, funny really so, wow. mm, so, so yeah. tell us more yeah.
1: about the music how's oh you and, and, oh, Anna, no, no 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 Anna, <laughs> okay. you, before we change the subject do you have something well it was to go up? back
0: to the subject about you being a cartoonist because yeah, this no. week I met oh. your super fan who lives in Arrowtown oh, really? who is obsessed with your work oh, so much so that. that she cuts them out oh. and she puts them and it's going to frame them all down her hallway oh
2: happy to hear that wow. and
0: her question to you was oh. everything that you do in as a cartoonist is mm. so on point i mean what a testament that she's going to put them up down our hallway that's how much she loves them oh, love but that. how do you come up with that inspiration oh,
2: well, that's the thing now, that's a that's a very interesting question because um you go through and i think everybody goes through a stage where everything is flowing and everything's just comes to you and gravitates to you and I mean, if you like cooking, we love cooking. Sometimes you cook, I love it. You can express yourself mm-hmm. with the food and everything else. And then other times, and nothing seems to be mm-hmm. coming to you. So you, just, you, you could try doing a coffee, it wouldn't come out, whatever mm-hmm. you did think. What the heaven? Whereas other times, you know, bang, happened one, two or three, just straight off, no trouble at all. So um, I think that probably answers the question... Um but I'm always thinking and it's like the, uh, I mean, these are in the local mountain scene newspaper It comes mm. out once a week. but it's 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 such a good thing to do because it's always uh, it's always in the back of my mind that I need a uh, I need another one and another one after that so to to prepare them um, and and do them right. It took me a while to get my writing sensible enough, um but I seem to have got that right now.
1: What do you mean by that? The, well I, I was it? never
2: a good um because I I print things, but yes. they were very untidy and rambling. Right. But I seem to have got that okay now, so I can do that with a, a number two um, felt pen. I can do that. I can do that quite well. And the the, the drawings, yes. well, they're a bit quirky. You'd have to actually see them to know what. But they, they they're quite. Some of them are quite mad, really. But they got a good meaning. Meaning behind them, and that's
1: the beauty of cartoons, isn't it? As opposed to written or or oral texts, is that they are open to interpretation, right?
2: very pertinent. Very pertinent. So I'm, I'm really I'd like to thank that person. Thank you very much for, for, um, for, for doing that. I think that's that's really because I don't get sometimes an enormous amount of feedback, but I love that. She Isn't said that she
0: can't. That's the first thing she goes to when she opens up the paper oh, is to see oh, your that's work. Lovely. Oh, that's and, lovely. Um, page seven. <laughs> what is page seven? And, and, <laughs> and she also then said that if yeah. he, if it was possible to yeah. produce them as prints or designs, yeah. that she would love that. Okay, because because now, is she is going to, at the wait. moment, cut out the newspaper. And I said oh, that I would personally ask you well, to I, actually do them as well, prints. Well, there you are,
2: because we're going to put them into this um, this small um, book size. It's going to be about, uh, it'll no, be a bit bigger than that, and it would be quite thick. So you'll have a, one cartoon, and then you'll have on the other page will be the quote that goes with it. Brilliant. So it'll be in book form, and there'll be the, all those mountain scene ones will be in there. Brilliant. So oh, great! it's <laughs> oh, <isn't laughs> exciting.
1: But is, I find this quite charming because Michael, yes. I've made an observation as you were hearing this, you lit up like a schoolboy. Yeah, yeah. Don't isn't easy to forget that people that are still at the top of their professional hmm. game hmm. still love to hear the odd encouragement. I think it, we almost oh, assume we that. We, you know, because you're doing incredibly well, because someone's doing well, mm. they've heard it all before. But people don't encourage enough, do they?
0: So or share how moments, what they mean to them as well, yeah. of of how this person is, mm. like I said, hanging out for that and wants to put them all down their wall. And mm. yeah, I just don't think people share that enough. Yeah.
2: But it started it was very funny because I mean, I I I never did cartoons. I mean, I never learned the art of doing cartoons really. So. When I was working at, at Fisher's in Wongarei, at a jewellery shop, um, as part of my experience, um, I, I went down and I spent a, a couple of years at um, Stuart Dawson's, which it was different than anyhow. And I would I would draw their faces and put them down in the in the lunchroom, and that was how I sort of started. Wow. And then gradually, um, I the, the the faces became I had a similarity to them. And it's a weird thing now. Even now, if I need to do a cartoon or thing, but I go in the shower and the door's steamy, so I will. I will quickly. (laughs) I will do something. So, so it's got me an idea on it. Yeah, fantastic. uh, Thank you.
1: I'm just looking...
2: Well, while
0: he's in a good it. mood, I've
2: yeah. got a question oh.
0: so uh, from someone else. that oh, okay. okay. good, said, good what was the idea behind putting the zebra camouflage on your boat?
2: Oh, oh well, that's an interesting one. Well, <laughs> well, uh, well this, this, is, this is an interesting point because this actually gets to one of the topics that we should be speaking about, really, is that you should never follow... You should break new ground if you can. Brilliant. I mean, if you're setting up in business and you follow somebody who imitates something else, you will do okay, but you're never going to crack it big time. You've got to go to the space where nobody is. So anyhow, the boat looks fairly unusual, I must say, um, but yet gets a lot of um, recognition. But uh, so the idea of the camouflage was literally that we certainly didn't want a classic white boat with the classic inside that you normally have and maybe white carpet and it just wasn't us so it's more of an exploratory vessel and um it's quite crazy really because of the it's probably the only one in the world It's the smallest soup in the world with the biggest tender on there that tender on the back is 20 tons so it's a it's an crazily large forgive
1: the ignorant non-boaty type
2: uh, tender. tender Yeah, well, it's it's a game boat actually. It's ah. a big game boat. <laughs> are, you,
1: are you looking at me shocked? No no, 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 I'm not. No, no. Ask all the questions. I ask everyone. all the questions. <laughs> yes. I'm sure
2: there'll be other people that don't. Yeah, know but yeah, Monica Hill, daughter-in-law. Um, she uh, she she was uh, the one who because I said we make this look like a military vest. We could do it in camouflage, and it'd look really different. And I think that we've pulled it off. I think it looks really different. Amazing. But it was funny. We had the boat in uh, Fiji um, uh, last year. And we went out to some of these remote islands, which are very beautiful. And the people are lovely. And we went to this one. It was quite a big village. And there was no one there. Absolutely no one there. Uh, and what they'd done is they'd all fled to the hills because... They they thought there was a thought a police big police, but no. no. and that we were checking up on their boat licenses, you know, <gasps> oh no. license, so They'd all fled to the hills. <laughs> oh God! Uh, that's so funny. Oh, what a good yeah. story! Mm. What a good story.
1: Yeah. So, I would <laughs> would like to take a slight shift, going back to you're talking about health. And mm. I was saying before we started recording that the first mm. time we met was mm. at a lunch event where you were, it was yes. for the book launch of your, that's right. uh, one of your books, yeah. the uh, catch, and release, catch, catch and Release. Catch and
2: Release. Yep. That's, the, that's the big cartoon The one. big yes. cartoon yep. book. Yep.
1: And it was a reasonably intimate lunch and you and I was had been seated next to mm. each other. That's right. And I was very interested, as someone who's who's very keen mm. on health and well-being in mm. a holistic sense. interested to see what was on your plate. Now I don't remember exactly, yeah. but it yeah. got us started on a conversation yeah. about food and health. So tell me, okay, yeah. you're going to yep. invite Anna and I down yep. to the hills. We're going to sit down and we're going to, I hope this is going to be prophetic, by
2: the way, yeah. a lovely
1: dinner. You're yeah. cooking. No, you saying you that. love to cook. No what, are, what are we, eating? What are oh, we well, eating?
2: Well, you could eat all sorts of things. I love, I love, love uh, cooking Moroccan food. I love mm. that. We did a lovely dish the other day. What was it now? I had a uh, spatchcock, big spatchcock, opened up and like flat and then put some chopped uh, onions underneath that and then lay it on top of that and then um, all the herbs from the garden, thyme, sage, all sorts of, chop those all, shove that on top, put about five garlic cloves, pierce the skin, shove that in, in the skin, which is really nice, um, and then about a, ooh, a little under a third of a bottle of uh, white wine, like a Chardonnay in there, mm. and uh, we've put we got a new pizza I've got from Tower. it's amazing, so... Put that in the pizza oven and um, leave it there for about 30 or 40 minutes and keep turning it around because it's quite hot in there. And then um, and, and uh, putting tinfoil over the top of that, taking the tinfoil off at the last minute. what did you say? Mm, spatchcock chicken.
1: Spatchcock chicken ice.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And then having that with, say, uh, a tabbouleh salad. I oh. like making tabbouleh salad with not just parsley but... Uh, you can also grate broccoli in, which is also huh. good. Broccoli goes and so more. well. And mm. then a, 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 some fine chopped uh, red onion and um, or even cucumber. Mm. And then mixing that up with um, a pinch of salt, a lot of lemon juice, and then flood it with olive oil. <laughs> and there we are. So you've got. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a meal that honestly that anyone could eat.
1: Great. How and, does next week sound?
2: Oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> you name the day, we'll do it.
1: <laughs> that sounds... as long as it involves
0: a round of golf. I'm I mean, yeah,
1: I did think. <laughs> yeah. I did think you. You. Were, I'm more interested in the food. Anna's more interested in the golf. Uh, that's wonderful. So look, Anna, do you want to? We've got a bit of time left. I'm wondering if you wanted to. Yeah, ask I've got a couple anything. of questions
0: Go around it. going back to your staff. Yes. And how do you create a culture where Very mistakes true. are welcome?
2: Yes, yes. Well, I, I think um, in the learning process, the the best teams or um, that in well take take a, uh, a retail shop and it's got the staff there. If everybody's focused on the same theme and the same outcome, the best way to improve is once a customer has left, is to reenact that presentation again so someone becomes the sales ah. associate. The sales associate does the same thing but if there was two customers there's two customers At every word we try and remember what they said and analyse exactly how that went and what we could do better. There's mm. always something you do and at the Absolutely. team looking you'll always find something. You know, like, like you you, you left the, the ring on the tray rather than putting it in a beautiful box under the light while they're looking while you were talking. 101 things you could do. And that way, over a period of time, you, you will find that their skills become better. And they need they need permanent coaching, permanent mm. coaching. They have to practice, they have to practice. Opening gambits are something which are really appall me around here, mm. um, particularly now it's supermarkets and even banks. I went to the bank there and the, the teller, who was only about 18, said to me, and what do you got planned for the rest of your day today? I mean... What do I want to tell them? I mean, I I find it quite extraordinary, really. And I was coming down on the lift uh, the other day and uh, it was at 5.30 in the morning. I said, how's your day been so far? Well, I mean, how stupid is that? So people, once again, need to be themselves. Mm -hmm. The opening phrase should be something that you would personally say... Not some canned thing, and you know.
0: Like what? What would would you say? But you don't want people um, to be terrified to talk to you because half of the battle is having the confidence to actually talk in the first place. And then if they're scared of of you know what your response is going to be to their question that they were excited to ask you, maybe
2: I think the thing is that one um, if one's got a bubbly personality and you really happen just keep a beaming smile. Honestly, sometimes that's enough. For just a good morning. You don't need to absolutely yeah. burble a lot of stuff. You read that, mm-hmm. and your your infection of uh, infectiousness of your your um, enthusiasm, mm. even though it's doing nothing, is doing a lot mm. Yeah. Mm. Keeping life simple. Don't say too much.
1: Excellent.
2: Mm. I, it should mention the violin because the violin is very dear to my life. Yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about it. Yeah, violin. Okay.
2: All right. Well, I mean, I, at, school, at school there, I was. Um, there was an organ Nielsen came from the Danish Orchestra and I took lessons with him. He seemed to think that I could become a professional violinist. So I left school to my parents' horror and everyone's horror and, and went and had lessons from him for a couple of years and entered the New Zealand Herald Violin Competition, which was one of those And I didn't win it. My parents said I had to stay in the business. But it, it, it stayed with me forever and it made me have a beautiful appreciation of classical music And um, it it so happened that um, I had a concert with Miranda Adams, who was the then concert master of the the Auckland Philharmonia. And um, we were walking and I said, wouldn't it be great if there was a competition down here, a wonderful competition? Mm -hmm. So we thought of the Michael Hill International Violin Competition. And um, that has been uh, an amazing uh, experience. I've met all the great violinists mm-hmm. I've met all well, the people that have won that have just been incredible so it's it's been quite life-changing really and the violin is such a sensitive instrument this is the thing I'm I, it, it is so sensitive like a, a, a violin has a memory a lot of people don't realize this but if you have a good violin and it's played by a great player and you, you're going to play a Mozart Sonata number four so you, you, you you play that and you think, my God, that's easy, because the person before that had played it and it's set in the memory of the violin wood. Wow! It I, did, is I in, did not know that. It is insane. The other thing with a violin that it, it needs it needs um, it needs to come alive every time you play it. So um, if you're playing it regularly, it usually takes about twenty minutes, and over that twenty minute period, the violin changes into a different violin totally. It the, the sound suddenly is goes what's happening it's amazing right. it is absolutely and it, it then it comes out of this true self. I'm very is... interested in
1: this, because I'm classically trained and I'm a pianist. In fact, I'm going to send you the oh, intro wonderful. to our podcast because oh. it's me playing oh, oh, the lovely. music. Lovely. So if you ever need an accompanist... Well, I do, me... <laughs> I do. <laughs> <Please> <laughs> let let me know. That, that'd be very good, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we can combine that with a golf and dinner trip. <laughs> we could. We, could,
2: we could finish off with that. <laughs>
1: but I was going to ask, do you think a part yeah. of the... You're talking about the the tone yeah. perhaps coming richer as you're you know, 20 minutes into practising. Yeah. The sceptic in me thinks, well, surely that's also the musician warming up and becoming more... There would
2: be also a little bit of that, I do believe, but definitely there's no doubt about it, it has a memory. Mm. Um, And the bow also has a memory, that's the incredible thing. And bows can vary so much. People don't uh, underestimate the value of a bow, but you can have a great bow and uh, reasonably... Not quite ordinary, but yeah, you know, just a reasonable violin, and a great bow will make that sound wow. like a t- totally different instrument. Wow. it's amazing, isn't
1: it? Interesting. So I must admit, I I don't follow mm. uh, violin competitions too much, but from a piano perspective, it, it I find it absolutely mind-boggling mm. how the standard year after year after year just continues to to lift.
2: It's just extraordinary, isn't it? Really. you just is.
1: think, surely we've reached. Peak proficiency in musicianship yeah, this yeah. year, and then the next year there's some Troop. kid who just yep. emerges from the woodwork and yeah. absolutely blows people away. It's yeah. it's just remarkable. Yeah. How, has that been your experience with oh, the there's no competitions? Doubt about it. Um,
2: and it just it just the standard gets better and better mm. and higher and higher. It's like everything. I mean, mm. even the golf, whatever it is, it is, doesn't mm. matter. It's all uh, it, it, it it's all the same. But the viol- the piano, of course, is uh, another great instrument. Well, I dearly love because my other play the piano, so I have an enormous appreciation for and Glenn Gould playing back on the mm. on the, uh, the piano to me is uh, something else, I a different planner but the piano um, unless it's played, once again, becomes asleep as well, well they need regular playing, and if mm-hmm. they're not played regularly they, they, they lose something so yeah. they need to be kept playing, even though the big difference between a violin and the piano the violin, a piano is a violin, a piano deteriorates for the day you buy it Whereas the violin, if it's a good one, just gets better. I mean, you know, those instruments now, you know, in the 1640s, 1680s, around about those, uh, Stradivarius, 1680 onward, um, they're just getting better and better.
1: Isn't it amazing?
2: Unbelievable. Sorry,
1: and Michael and I are nerding out here over yeah, here. So. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it is fantastic. Look, I'm just conscious of the time. Yep. As a as a roundup question, Anna, you, did you have any burning questions left or are you happy for me to...
0: Um, the, the other one I had was how are you putting the ladder down? So you've had all of the success. Mm-hmm. You've achieved so much. We've talked about some mistakes you had along mm-hmm. the way, things you would have done differently, but how are you putting that ladder down for the next generation to rise? Oh. Not just with your staff, but in the wider business world?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I, I like nurturing people and I, I love young people and I like supporting young people and uh, I it's, think it's, it's, a, it's a duty. You know, the other thing is... Um, I don't like mixing with many people my age because all they talk about is moaning about someone who's just died or arthritis or sore knee or can't do this. I don't want to know that stuff. Whereas with young people, they're full of fresh ideas and excitement and... uh, I learn most from young people.
1: Well, come and join. You're welcome at Anna and I's home anytime. <laughs> no, e- even
2: younger than you. <laughs> oh, oh, ouch, ouch. Uh. That
0: is uh, music to my ears because we often the youngest person. <laughs> I am
1: often the youngest person in the room, Michael. So no, I love last That's so good joke. Yeah. Lastly, 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 because I, I know you're a big believer in the fact that we can <laughs> never really arrive at our destination. We're yeah. continually growing. We're, we're continually uh We have the opportunity mm. to continue to achieve mm. something, whatever that is there's always another piece to learn, a cartoon to check, to sketch, a book to write, a mm. project to work on yeah. so what's next for michael Hill
2: well um the, the thing is uh, just to answer uh, just slightly deeper into that yeah that there is um, there's literally there's no end to anything really and um I mean I played Bach quite a lot in fact Bach me was the ultimate of composers mm. because his music is so complex and he never wrote any exhibition marks, that so no one exactly knows quite how to play it. So you hear hundreds of different, but once you start, if you're playing a, like a bark solo, enough, one of those, and you, you, you play into this and you think that's not so bad, but you realize that it opens another door, there is there's more there, and then you go into this room where the music changes again and you get to another room. It is endless, and I think that's like life. I think we are we should always be searching. We should never give up. We should never retire. We should never think we can't do something. We've got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and having fun and having that balance in life between health, wealth and happiness.
1: Well, that is a beautiful note to end on. Mm. Sir Michael thank Hill, you. it has been such a treat. Anna and <laughs> I have just been having the yeah, time. I could talk for another few hours, but we won't keep you up. But thank you so much for coming in, Michael.